episode number 41 of the Sharp in the Square podcast, and this is a live episode from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. Mr. Big Blue Santoop is with us after a round of golf. First round of the season. Justin, how'd you play out there today? Uh, Post-game interview. Post-round? Post-round interview. Uh, Good and bad. Good and bad. bad. Good and bad. Uh, You know, I felt like I drove the ball pretty well for the most part. Um... Felt pretty solid around the greens. My long irons were in pretty decent shape. Uh, wasn't great with my scoring clubs, which is usually where I'm at my best with my short irons and my wedges. But uh, first round of the year, uh, sub-90, even though I didn't really play well. But um, onward and upward. Onward and upward. Um, I played okay. Uh, it was a sub-100 round for me, so I can't complain. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like we say, onward and upward. Yep. But that is a good transition into this week's Fifth major tournament. The fifth major. That's the players. That's what they call it. The players. It's only it's only uh, the fifth major because it's got this crazy purse. What's the purse? Fifteen mil. Fifteen mil. So I think the winner gets like seven and a half. It's crazy. Yeah. Holy so crap! That's I mean, usually the purse is like what seven or eight mil. Yeah. Nine Bingo. on big ones. Bingo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Okay, so the Players Tournament. Uh, what golf course is it taking place at? Players Championship. The Players Championship. It's actually, and it's very, it, the Players is all capital. So when we, you know, edit and we say, you know. Why is it all capital? It's just how they fucking do it. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's the Players. The Players. The Players. Yeah. And where is it, what golf course is uh, it TPC at? TPC Sawgrass. Um, in, in Florida. Jacksonville. Oh, it's in Jacksonville. Outside Jacksonville. Nice. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So you obviously have a big card. We didn't get a we didn't get a winner in um, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Bryson DeChambeau finished it off yesterday. Nice had, performance from him. Had a feeling uh, he was going to be really live. Um, so did the books. They didn't drop a number on him that would have been fun. Uh, had a few bullets in the chamber on Sunday, but they all kind of faded. The weather was tough. And, yeah. Um, is what it is. He, the goal is to win twenty five percent of the time. Yeah. Not, I mean, if we can win more than that, fantastic, but, you know, not going to win every week. Um, okay, so what is your card this week? And, like, break down this course and, like, what kind of uh, players fit this course well. So, interesting, because every, every player fits the course yeah. well, <laughs> right? So you've got past winners here, like the last two winners. In 2019, Rory McIlroy won. And 2018, Webb Simpson won. Right. You can't have two completely different guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Webb bonds it, Rory bonds it. Yeah. And they both have won here. Um, it's a 7,100, 7,200-yard 7, Bermuda grass course. That's a short Bermuda course. So Webb Simpson right up the alley there. Right. It's a Pete Dye design. Um, Pete Dye has designed uh, PGA West, which is where they play the Amex, RBC Heritage, which Webb has won. Uh, Wyndham, which is Webb's best tournament. Um, picking up what I'm putting down here, it may be, it may be a Weber week. Um, so it's a, it's a short Bermuda grass, par 72, tons of water. I think water is in play on 17 of the 18. Oh holes. my god! So how many holes would you hit the water? I mean, I stripe every, I stripe everything. Yes. Every fairway, so yeah, probably, probably, right. Probably none. I'd be um, in at least 10. Jordan Spieth would probably maybe in an 18. Yeah. Which is why he never <laughs> plays well with the players, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, if you can't. Can't drive it straight. You're you're in a lot of trouble. Um, but you know it's a ball striker's paradise as per usual. But like you need to be able to get up and down and avoid bogeys because if you put them in the water, you better find a way to, to mitigate the damage. Um, and you're gonna have chances to make birdies because it's a relatively short course. All the par fives are gettable. Uh, so it's uh, it should be fun. Um, all types of skill sets win here. Um, so the card is filled with guys that have 
basically all types of skill sets that are kind of good at everything type guys. So you'll you'll see that as a theme. I mean, really good ball strikers, good short games. That's what we want this week. And yeah. guys that have performed well in the past at Pete Dye courses because Pete Dye is a very he's a course designer and all his courses tend to be a little bit similar. So guys that usually play well at one Pete Dye course play well at another. Okay. Um, so for example, Siwoo Kim, who I, I'm not on this week, which may be a mistake, and he's like 150 to one. Uh, Siwoo Kim has won three times on tour. On um, a Pete Dye course? All have been on Pete Dye courses. Wow. Three PGA Tour events, wow. all on Pete Dye courses. Interesting. One at the Players. Yeah. One at Sedgefield, which is the Wyndham, and one this Siwoo year. Siwoo Kim has won a Players? Yes. Wow. At 20, 500 to one. At when? What year? 2017. 17. 500 to one. Holy crap. Players. Uh, and we didn't get the Players last year. Because of this was the first week of the COVID shutdown. It was. So we got one round. One round. Right. So there are guys that. So the guys that fit well here, right? I've said it multiple times. You don't need to be a bomber, right? I mean, if Webb can win here, anybody can really win here. Um, But you got to be really good all around. Good irons, good short game. uh, And hopefully you putt well on Bermuda grass. That's always important. And um, good success on Pete Dye courses. So, uh, theme to my card. Guys that have played well on Pete Dye courses and uh, good all-around games. Um, start with Patrick Cantlay. Uh, he's the first guy in my, on my card. He's a 25-1 to 1 right now. Um, don't want to brag, but I caught him at 29-1. to 1. Nice. Uh, <laughs> um, Humble brag. Let me see if I can find my Pete Dye model quickly uh, because then I can give you a more accurate idea of who really plays well on Pete Dye courses. So I have a short-term course, a short-term model as per usual, um, Pete Dye design model and a long golf course. Um, not long, sorry, excuse me, short and Bermuda grass model. So short Bermuda grass model, short term model, and um, Pete Dye model. All spit out Cantley. Uh, so mostly, obviously, Cantley's been playing great. Yeah. Right? Four, last four events have been top 15s. Yeah. Um, fifth, fifth on tour uh, in Pete Dye courses over the last three years. Uh, strokes in, on Pete, in the model on Pete Dye courses, including. First in ball striking, first in birdies or better gained, which is just kind of huge. Um, last Pete Dye course they played this year was uh, PJ West. He was right there. He lost to Siwoo Kim by one stroke. I love Patrick Hanley. I think people may be a little off of him. I mean, let's remember he was like, he was going to be 18 to 1 at the WGC before he withdrew. He was like 16 to 1 at Riviera when everybody was on him, right, for the Genesis. And now he's like 25 to 1 on a course that he should set up great for. Um, I love Patrick Cantlay. You talk about a solid all-around game. Patrick Cantlay is super solid all-around. Drives it straight, drives it pretty far, great with his iron, super good short game, and a fantastic putter. So I really love Patrick Cantlay. He's, he's basically Xander Shoffley, who wins. Yeah. Like, that's basically yeah, yeah, what he is. Yeah, yeah, um, And he pl- tends to play really well on, on the Pete Dye designs. So Patrick Cantlay's on the card. Um, moving on in that kind of uh, similar range, 25, 28-1, um, Webb Simpson. Course is less than seventy two hundred yards. If the course yeah. is less than seventy two hundred yards, if it's on Bermuda grass, yeah. you don't think twice. Yeah, you, you bet, bet Webb Simpson. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah, he's fantastic. On courses that don't require distance, he may be the best player on the planet. Yeah, like he puts great, he chips great, his irons are fantastic. He hits every fairway, and when it, you don't have to hit it three hundred yards off the tee, he's totally live. So don't think twice about it. Find whatever number you can get on on Webb. Uh, I found a twenty eight. That's the best number I've seen. If you can get a 28, awesome. Honestly, 22 or better. Like, don't think twice. Bet Webb Simpson. All right. Um, I also bet Victor Hovland at 33 to one uh, last week. It was they were hanging a number there, and his ball striking is just so good right now. And I think he's going to win a big event. I think he's due. 
Um, and he's played well on Pete Dye courses. He's basically playing well everywhere. He hits yeah. it straight. Um, I love Victor Hovland, but I don't know if his number is worth a play right now because he tends to, right now he's in that same range as like JT and Xander yeah. and Webb and Cantlay, and I just can't advocate for him at that range. He is on my card, but I also am not so sure that this course sets up nearly as well for him. So if you can't fit Hovland in, I wouldn't. There are some other guys that I would go to, though. Um, but you you are on Hobbit. I'm on Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. But if you can't... I'm giving out a bunch of names. I think some of the odds moves, because I did play a bunch of these last week. Okay. And if the odds... I would say... the 30 or better. 30 or better on Hovland, yeah. but like, I'm giving... I'm going to give seven names right now. I think the other six are must-plays, and then if you can find a way to fit Hovland in, you do it. Fine. All right. Um, next guy on my list. Patrick Reed. 40 to 1. I, I gotta do it, Fatty Patty. I got so Patrick Reed. Every a lot of people were on him last week at twenty to one. He missed the cut. He burned everybody. You know who doesn't give a shit about that? Patrick Reed. Yeah. Uh, he won this year off of a missed cut. He's won at Sedgefield, which is a Pete Dye design at a golf course that that doesn't require distance. You need to have a really good short game, really good with your irons, make a ton of putts. Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed at big events, forty to one. Don't overthink it. Just bet it. Patrick Reed at forty to one's a play. <laughs> okay, Mr. Santu. Patrick Reed on the card. Next guy up. Right, so so far we've got um, we got Cantlay because he's got one of the best all-around games on the planet. Uh, I think his number's a little inflated um, or deflated, however you want to say it. Um, we're on Webb because short Bermuda. Don't overthink it. Play like, Webb. Um, read it forty to one. It's just an auto, it's it's an auto bet. Dude wins like one out of every twenty times, especially at big events. Uh, and I think he fits this course well. Um, and he's got a win at a Pete Dye track before. I think his first career win was at was at the Wyndham, which is a Pete Dye track. Um, in the similar sense, we're going to go to another guy who is, doesn't really do anything great, but does a lot of things really well. Um, last time he played at a Pete Dye course, he finished second at the RBC Heritage. His name is Daniel Berger. Um, Burgers and locks! I, <laughs> I love Daniel Berger. He, One of the tribe. He is. He's a tribe member. Um, drives it straight. Can actually kind of push it out there pretty far. Really good with his irons. Really good short game. Great Bermuda grass putter. Already has a win this season. So, interesting thing about Berger. A couple weeks ago, golf course, the, the tour came to concession. Berger was the hot name. Oh, we're coming back. We're coming to Florida. Daniel Berger from Florida. Like, blah, blah, blah. All this, all this shit. Everybody's all on Berger. Now I'm hearing nothing on Berger. And, of course, that I think fits him a little bit better. Pete Dye design. He's like 40 to 1. I think, I think that number's just plain wrong. So, I really like Daniel Berger. Um, he is third in my model. On short Bermuda grass courses. Just getting that out there. So I think Berger's super live this week. And I don't think anybody's talking to him and talking about him. And I think he can he can do damage. All right. The last guy. Um, two guys left, actually. Terrell Hatton. <laughs> Hatton is one angry golfer. Um, last week, Hatton finished 21st. He finished third in the field in strokes gained tee to green. Which is crazy because right. this is a guy who is actually one of the best putters on tour, and he lost five strokes putting. That never happens. That is a fluke. What I see out of Hatton is a guy who's hitting the ball great, driving it straight, irons tight, good short game. Just missed putts last week. Third in the field in strokes gained tee to green. Um, if he does that again this week, I love his chances. Like I really do. Um, a lot of people were on him last week to be the defending champion at the API. I was one of them. Uh, he played really well. He. He had two really bad rounds on Thursday and Sunday, and then he had two great rounds on Friday, Saturday. Uh, last Pete Dye track he played was the RBC Heritage. He finished second. 
Um, so I really like Terrell Hatton this week. If you can get him 35-40 to 1, I think he's definitely a play. Uh, and then the last guy, really weird odds drop on him, Joaquin Neiman. All Neiman has done is ball out. Like, long, good irons. Plays great on these Pete Dye tracks. Really good on Bermuda grass. Uh, finished second in his first two events of the season. Held the, the lead, I believe, after the first round in his last tournament at the WGC Workday. And now he's 75-1 to 1 on a Pete Dye course. Last time he played a Pete Dye course, he finished in the top five at, at the RBC Heritage. Right. I feel like I'm missing something because Neiman, I think Neiman's every bit as good as Scotty Scheffler, right, and, and Sung J.M., who who's that that crop right below Big Dick Vic and, and Maury God in, that ter- in terms of that new class. So I love Neiman. You can get him at 60, 75 to 1. Like, that's kind of wild. Uh, so quick recap. Um, All-around golfers. Distance not a, not really a re- required factor. Um, good Bermuda grass putters. Really good with their irons. Solid short game. Spacing really quickly. Hang on. Who did Webb, I start Cantley, Cantley, Reed. Cantley. Cantley. Yeah. Cantley, Webb, Reed, Hatton, Berger, Neiman. And if you can find room for Hovland, only if he's like 30 to 1 or better just because he's playing so great at Hovland. So um, Webb at 25. Can't lay at 25. Um, Reed at 40, Berger at 40, Hatton at 40, Neiman at 70. Those are those are your plays. Um, six six guys, and if you can squeeze Hovland in, great. Uh, but I just I really like like my chances this week. I think we've got a really good really good card and meaty range there in the middle. Not really guys at the top of the board. Um, not really dropping down into the long shot category. Even though I think there are a couple long shots that are are live this week. Abraham Answer, Billy Horschel. Uh, Russell Henley, Siwoo Kim. These guys are all super live this week. But uh, that's it. Um, yeah, six guys, all around good golfers. Pete Dye experts, Pete Dye specialists, Bermuda grass putters. Uh, let's let's cash another one this week, bro. Let's cash it, baby. I can't wait. Uh, I've been obsessed with watching golf lately, and now we're getting into the season. And we just went out there today. <laughs> I got a Florida trip coming up in April. I'm gonna be primed and ready to go for it. Um, it's a it's a fun time to be a PGA Tour fan. It really is. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on to the college basketball postseason. It's tournament time. Conference tournament. Conference please. tournament time. So let's start with. You want to start with the Big Ten? Uh, we can do that. Um, we should just give uh, because there are really no good games today. So instead no. of, instead yeah. of breaking yeah. down any of the games, let's, we're just gonna give our futures. Is there any fu- like I think there are a couple values on futures that, that you should look at. Yeah. Where do you want to start then? Big Ten. Uh, sure, it doesn't matter to me. All right, let's look at the Big Ten tournament. Um, who, do you have the odds up? I am pulling them up on DraftKings. All right. I'm ready. All right, so let's start with ACC because, Thanks. Justin, you like uh, Clemson at 25-1 to 1 in the ACC tournament. Yeah, so... But, but so we've been looking, and if you shop around, you yeah. can find way better lines between just FanDuel and DraftKings alone. So, so, yeah. so on FanDuel, what's Clemson? So FanDuel, Clemson's a 20, but on DraftKings, they're 25. Right. Which is, look, you do what you want to do. You bet how you want to bet. Yeah. But if I'm going to put $10 on a game, yeah. on something, I'd rather win 250 if it wins yeah. than 200. Yeah, of course. Of course. All things equal. Yeah. It's fucking common sense. So, so shop around. So you, and so you think Clemson's a good number so, yeah, in so, the ACC tournament? So we've talked a lot about Who's Clemson the favorite? Virginia? Florida State. Florida State. Florida State and Virginia, North Carolina, Louisville, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Clemson, and that yeah. order. The ACC sucks. Clemson is the fifth seed. 
I believe. Let me pull up their their bracket. Um, I think they play the winner of Pittsburgh Miami in the first in their first game. Yeah. And if they beat the winner of Pittsburgh Miami, who they which they should do, they'll play Georgia Tech. Right. Who I think Clemson is better than. Right. I have Clemson. I have Clemson two points better than than them on a neutral side. Yeah, yeah. So then all of a sudden they're into the semis. You gotta win two. Well, then, yeah. then it is what it is. Then it is then, yeah, it's a crapshoot. It is. And so I mean, you look at all the value. Anything can just, happen. Anything can happen, right? And you look at you look at the numbers. And I think when we're talking about conference tournament futures, we're trying to find the best bang for the buck for your buck. Um, who has the most value and who actually has a legit chance? We've watched Clemson all season. All Clemson has done this season is beat big teams. Like they've been really impressive. Um, Clemson this season's beaten Purdue, Alabama. Florida State and Louisville. Yeah, you're telling me that they can't reel off four in a row and, yeah. and win the ACC tournament. Sure, I think they totally can. And I, I think something in their favor is um, they are, in my opinion, the best defensive team in the ACC. In the ACC, yeah. I think that that can carry over. Plus, they've got good guards. Um, they're they don't rely on one guy. Like that's that's I think that's right. a factor too. Right, right. Like if you rely on one guy so heavily and he's yeah. a shit. Shit game, yeah. You're screwed. Like, like Amir Sims can have an. He's a good player. He's a good player, but he's not their right. They've got like they four, don't go to him on every possession. Bingo. Yeah. They've got four or five different guards that can all light it up. Nick Honor, um, Almir Dawes. Yeah. Like they, they've got all types of guys that can can do damage. And when you're not so reliant on one factor, I think that that helps you in a tournament setting. Uh, so Clemson, I think that's a really good value. I think that for what may be the third best team. In the ACC after Florida State and Virginia, and I don't think that's a crazy statement at all, uh, to get them at 20-1 to 1 to win the conference tournament, let's do it. All right. There you have it. Clemson, Mr. Santu, Blake. I think Florida State will end up winning. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, if you're going to bet a future, like, I'm there's no, 230 on, yeah. it's no value on Florida State. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's go to the Big Ten. And you don't really like anything here in the Big Ten. Um, no. You like Rutgers to win yep. the Big Ten. Go argue. <laughs> of course. Um, so, actually, Jake was texting me the other day. He was like... He was saying, all right, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. No, fuck that. Yeah. Let me just make a statement right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a one-game season. Yeah. One game, one game, one game. Yeah. That's it. I know. We don't One we don't game at a time. Just yeah. play one game. Not even one game at a time. Yeah. One game. One game. All, all we have on the schedule right now is one, is game. one game. Yeah. Right. Right. Until Selection Sunday and we see the next game. And then it's one game. And then it's one game. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, so Rutgers opens with Indiana. Um, you're a little scared of Indiana. Um, just because Rutgers fans are Dude, overlooking I'm, them. I'm the most paranoid person in the world when it comes to Rutgers sports. Yeah. You know that. Listeners probably know that. Uh, I'm worried, but, you know, yeah. whatever. whatever. You gotta, so, so it's if, one game. Got to go win it. Right. So if Rutgers wins, they'll play Illinois. We're playing Indiana. If Rutgers wins, they will play Illinois. What did I just say about that? I know, one game season? at a time. Yeah, one you can look at, at the time. bracket. I'm just looking at the bracket chant. The winner chant. of the Rutgers in the end game will play Illinois. Right. And I, I, I that's a tough matchup, but we they're won't. All, they're all tough. They're all tough. tough. The Big Ten's going to be a Indiana's gauntlet. a tough matchup, too. Big ten, but let's take a look at the odds here. So Let's do it. Ohio yeah. State pops out of me because totally. they're plus 685. And, you know, what? They've Okay, they've lost four in a row. Ohio State is reeling as of late, but they're a good team. We've seen what they've done all season long. There's no reason they can't win this tournament, and at 685, I think it's the best value on the board. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. The only reason that they're, I think, plus 685 is they are technically the fifth seed, so they have to play one more game. Than right, the they don't the get the double bye. Yes. Um, I don't think it matters. Ohio State has done so much damage all season long. Sure. They've beaten anybody. Yeah. They, why can't they Why can't they win the Big Ten tournament? Um, and Anything else to pop out of you? Well, so I, I said Iowa just because it's like they're plus 425, so like 4-1. to one, I don't know how much value is there. I could see Iowa winning it. It's also 
Do we know if Joe Wieskamp's playing in the Big Ten tournament? We don't yet. I wouldn't bet on any of these. So, the Big Ten is so good. Yeah. And, like, I I honestly don't see anybody outside of that Big Four winning. Right. Right? I think it's going to be Michigan, Iowa, um, Ohio State, or Illinois. I think one of those four teams wins, and you're getting cooked odds on all of them. So yeah. if you're going to bet one of them, bet the one with the highest odds, which you said is Ohio State. Okay, let's move on. Big East. You yes. love a team in the Big East to I win. I do. So let's just talk about the, the Big East for a yeah. second. Because the numbers are stupid. They're cracked out. UConn is 2-1. to one. Yeah. UConn is 2-1. to one. Yeah. I love UConn. Yeah. I love Danny Hurley. Yeah. I love what they've done this season. They defended James Book Knight's a beast. All UConn has done in their four-game winning streak yeah. is beat zero NCAA tournament teams. Yeah. Like, whoop-de-doo. Yeah. Their best win this season... And now 2-1? Their best win this season is USC on a neutral site. Yeah. You think that... Okay, I get it. Villanova maybe without their starting backward. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Jay Wright is still Jay Wright. Yeah. And Creighton, they're healthy. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I What's guess... What's the number on Creighton? Creighton is 235. 235. So, yes, Coach McDermott's suspended. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But... It's kind of wild. To, it's like the books are saying we don't want to take any money on UConn. Yeah, yeah. that's what they're saying. Don't, yeah. don't bet on UConn. Right, right. Which is weird. Um, having said that, I do have a play in the Big East. Yeah, I have St. John's. Yeah, at twenty to one. Yeah, St. John's does have a buy. Yeah, they're the number four team, so they're they only have to win three. St. John's this season has beaten every single top of the conference team outside of Creighton. They beat Villanova. They won at UConn. They've swept Seton Hall. Like, I see no reason why St. John's can't run the table in, in the Big East tournament. Sure. Plus, their style is hard to prepare for every day. Sure. They play pressure defense, fast-paced. So, yes, give me um, give me St. John's. I think the number is just wrong at 20-1. How can you justify UConn at 2-1 to one yeah. versus St. John's at 20-1? to one? St. Yeah. John's won at UConn this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it makes no it, sense. The number's very, very strange to me. Um, and obviously, Colin Gillespie out for Villanova is yep. what is making UConn the favorite yep. in the in the Big East. Um, all right, Big Twelve. There's two teams here that kind of pop out. Yeah. Um, if you look at the numbers, it's obviously Baylor is a heavy favorite at minus one thirty four. The next best team is Kansas at plus three thirty five. I still like Baylor honestly at minus one thirty four. Like it's almost like a minus one twenty, minus one ten. Like you're 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 paying a little bit. Yeah. But you know, Baylor is by by far the best team in the Big 12. That being said, though, the Big 12 is a gauntlet. It's the second best conference in the country, and it's pretty close to the Big 10, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, at the at the top half, at least, it's you know if what are they, ju- like seven seven teams in the top 25. Sure. Yeah. It's like it, it might it's it's just as good as the Big 10. Um. So you like and we were talking. We both like Texas Tech is at 15 to one, and Oklahoma is at 30 to one. Yeah. Um. Now, your point between West Virginia and Texas Tech, Texas Tech's at plus 700. Or, yeah, West Virginia's at plus 700. Texas Tech's at plus 1,500. Yeah, Texas is plus 800. Texas Tech's 1,500. So are those teams have a so, twice as good chance as winning the the Big 12 as Texas Tech? So I don't think so. Like, right. And, and, you know, and that's why you like Texas Tech at that it number. It is. And you know, you know me, and, and we've talked about this all season. I like Texas Tech. Yeah, we I do. Think, I think Chris Beard's a hell of a coach. I like their athleticism. I know... You're a big Mac McClung fan. Oh my god, I love him. Uh, I like Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is just as good as any team in the Big Twelve outside of Baylor, right? And and all these teams have been number two in the Big Twelve at different points in the season. Like that's the thing, you know. Baylor's been number one, but like Kansas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas Tech at different points, they've all been the the second best team. Um, 
So I think Texas Tech at 15 to one is a good bet. Like they they can reel off some wins. They've got a great guard uh, named Mac McClung. They defended a super high level. They're long. They're athletic. They're playing pretty good basketball. I mean, they were in that Baylor game last night for a long time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think you can get Texas Tech at fifteen to one. Like the number just doesn't make sense. If Texas and West Virginia are seven eight to one, Texas Tech should be seven eight to one also, not fifteen to one. So if you're looking for a conference tournament future, uh, hop on the Chris Beard Express and, and and roll with the Red Raiders in the Big Twelve. In my opinion, and I don't think I don't think taking Oklahoma is, is a horrible idea either. Just because thirty to one and they've proven they can beat anybody. Right, in the right, right. Um, all right, Pac twelve. Anything in the Pac twelve? You don't really like anything. And neither do I. The numbers... I, I hate the Pac-12. Also, <laughs> the Pac-12 is so weird because it's so top-heavy. Yeah. Um, you can get better numbers. Like, you can shop around. I like Oregon. I think Oregon wins the Pac-12 tournament. Number's not good. Like, I wouldn't bet them at 3-1. to one Because yeah. I think any of those top four teams, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Colorado, are, are, are all live. And I don't think there's really a, a ton of value on either. Um that's all. It's, it's a tough yeah, one. Yeah. The Pac-12 tournament is just a really tough tournament to, to place a future on, in my opinion. Yeah. I just think there's... Yeah. It's just not... A lot of variation. <laughs> it's not even that there's very... It's like you, it's so top-heavy because it's yeah. not like, like... You think about the Big Ten, right? Yeah, you've got the top. But then you've got the middle. Who are... Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan State, Wisconsin. And they're capable of knocking totally. off the top. But then you look at the Pac-12... And you've got the top, which really isn't as good a top as, no. as like the Big 12 no. and the Big 10. Yeah. But then you look at the middle and the bottom, Ugh. and it's like, oh, yeah. Oregon yeah. State, yeah. Utah. Yikes. Like, Utah's great when they're at home. Yeah. Like, everywhere else, they suck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a weird one. If anything, I think if you can find like a 20 to 1 or better on Stanford, like that, that's interesting because at full strength, they're really good. Yeah. But Oscar Silva hasn't played in the last couple weeks, and if he doesn't play like Stanford, it's like they're, they're terrible. Yeah. But if he plays, I think they can make a run. And then the SEC tournament. Another tough one with the odds here. Um, balanced odds board. Balanced odds board. Um, anything jumping out at you there um, as a future? You yeah. wanted Missouri, but you don't like the number that they're hanging on Missouri now. Yeah, I, I think if you can find a 10-1 to 1 or better on Missouri, that may be the best you get, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, I got the bracket up here. So the reason why I like Missouri uh, – Unfortunately, they have to play like they have one more game. They don't have a double bye. They only have a single bye. Right. But you look at the teams that I like that can win it all. They're balanced teams, veteran teams, good defensively. That's Missouri. And that's why I have a future on Missouri to go win the, the entire thing because I think at their ceiling, they're as good as any team in, in this conference. I mean, they've proven it, right? Yeah, they've, they've beaten, beaten They've beaten Arkansas Alabama. on the road. They've beaten Alabama. They've beaten Tennessee on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they won. They went to Florida and won. Um like so, they've they've done it. Yeah. I like Missouri. I don't think that they're. I don't think that they are really anywhere. I don't think they're ceiling. Like I think that the, the best team in the in the SEC by far is Alabama. I think they have the highest ceiling, followed shortly by Tennessee. But then you've got LSU, Florida, Arkansas, Missouri. Like I think they're all in that same yeah. same realm. Yeah. So I like Missouri ten to one. I think that they can get hot and make a run. I really do. Fantastic. It's there you go. uh there best Boom. time of the year. Best time of the year. And look at that the Super Pod uh. Breaking down the players and the conference tournaments. We got a lot of good sporting events uh, happening this week. Yep. 
Um, so it's a fun time. And as we get to the day of the games, we'll be breaking down the lines on each of the games in these tournaments. Yeah, we'll start. ACC tournament starts tomorrow, so we'll, we'll we will have plays. plays. We will have plays. Uh, first ever live edition of the Sharp and the Square in person. We, yeah, and we got to get you here more, Mister Santu. Wow. All the way down from Morristown, New Jersey, to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Getting the hell out of my house for the day. Yeah, and playing around a golf with the fellas. So. Yeah. Mr. Fish is listening, Arnie. How are you? Well. Colin? How are you listening? How are we doing? Good. Uh, we had a bit of an audience here, which is uh, always fun, too. So we'll, we'll talk more tomorrow, and uh, let's, uh, let's, let's roll into March.